So today, and all this month, last month we talked about pillars of joy, ending uh, with last week, and this month we're going to talk, be talking about the pillars of love, and self-love is where it starts. And usually that's last on our list. We are last on our list. And just as Reverend Cynthia James shared in her uh, writing there, we were taught, I was taught, to give is better than to receive. All right, if everybody's giving and nobody's receiving, there's no giving actually going on, right? Uh, there are two parts of the same whole. I was taught, don't show off, don't stand out, don't be as big as you are, be quiet, sit down. As a woman, as a girl and a woman in the church of my, where I grew up, I was taught, you will not say a word. What you have to say is not wanted here, it's not important. I was told to sit down and shut up. Women in my church of origin didn't pray. They didn't pass the collection plate. They didn't pass communion. They didn't do anything except sit there and, I guess, be pretty wives and pretty daughters to the best of our ability. And y'all who know me even a tiny little bit can imagine how well I do when people tell me to sit down and shut up. <laughs> it's not my best thing, let's just say. And that really wasn't why I broke out of that constrictive um, religious upbringing. That was only something that came later that I even realized, oh yeah, women... Women were not respected in that tradition. I wasn't even aware of it at the time because it was just the way things were. Um, what brought me to a different place is my belief that if God is truly a loving God, truly loving, then there cannot be such a thing as eternal damnation. God either loves or doesn't love. And when I was pregnant with my daughter... That was when it was brought home to me hugely because I didn't even know. I didn't know if she was a girl. I didn't know what she was. I had this thing growing in my belly, and I knew that I loved it already without knowing it or having met it yet. I knew that I loved it already so much that there was nothing this child could ever do that would make me go, okay, I've loved you, but that was your last chance. Sorry. Burned for eternity. And so I came to a place where I had to realize that if I love my child that much and God is supposed to be my father, then how could God not love me at least that much? I mean, I know how petty I am. I'd like to assume God is a little less petty than me, right? So that was the beginning of my journey. And in that journey that I've been on for the last 30 years, years um, or so, 30 more years, um, I have learned that if I can't love myself, if I cannot hold myself in regard and respect, then I am not truly capable of holding anyone else in regard or respect. When I walk around judging myself, 
as always less than, that is the standard by which I end up judging other people. So there's really no such thing, I believe, as loving someone more than yourself. There is such a thing as sacrifice, if that's what you decide to do, but I think even that has to come from a place of love, of self-love. So Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. That's the greatest commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I think for some reason, what I heard for many years was love your neighbor more than yourself. But it doesn't say that. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as much as yourself. Or even love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor because your neighbor is yourself. <clears throat> and if you want to love humanity, guess what? You're human. So you have to love yourself. You can't love humanity and not love yourself. It doesn't work that way. And I'm not talking about narcissism. I'm not talking about self-regard that has to do with ego, building our false self up, which is usually an indication of not having true love for our true selves. When you see someone who has to say, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, aren't I wonderful? Then to me, that's usually an indication of there's something in there, uh, as in the song, a wound too scared to show. And so we cover up our wounds with um, all kinds of bravado. We cover up our wounds with lies sometimes intentional lies and sometimes unconscious. We cover up our wounds in all kinds of ways. And when we begin to love ourselves, we're no longer willing to cover up our wounds. We actually allow ourselves to feel them, to tend them, to heal them, to show them to trusted people so that they can know that their wounds are okay too and they're healable. That's how we love others, by loving ourselves, as ourselves. So I want to talk a little bit about what self-love is. Love is freeing. If you have a love in your life and it feels like it binds you up, I ask you to take a really close look at that because that is not love. Love always frees us. Always. And so self-love, I just want to talk a little bit today about what that looks like. Self-love is that we are on a journey, and there are ups and there are downs. And we can try. We can make plans. We can, we can try to manipulate circumstances. And sometimes we're successful. But life brings us up and ups and downs that we have no control over. So self-love is that we don't abandon ourselves. We don't abandon ourselves during the downs. We talk a lot about, and I know for me, um, abandonment was a big issue in my life. It was, oh man, if somebody was five minutes late to dinner, I was like, oh, they're dead. Or even worse, they suddenly on their way here went, why am I having dinner with her? 
I'm gonna do something, I don't even know why I'm her friend. Cut, nip that in the bud. I mean, I had these weird things going on in my head all, this, all the time that had to do with, I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, other people don't like me, when the truth was, I didn't like me. I didn't like me. It was a miracle that other people did, because I didn't. And I was ready to jump my ship at any moment. We abandon ourselves when we choose to take personally what someone else does or doesn't do and then judge our value based on that. True self-love means knowing who we are. Who am I? I am a beloved child of God. I am certainly not perfect, but exactly who I'm here to be. I am a person with purpose. I'm a person who is learning to be kind to myself and others. Make a list of who you are. Make a list of who you are in love. And then when you get tempted to abandon yourself, to jump ship, oh, you're right, I am. Oh, that was horrible. I'm so dumb. Oh, I can't believe I did that. You know what? I did that. I don't like that I did that. I'm going to try to do better next time. But it doesn't actually affect my intrinsic value. Even if I do something wrong, and y'all, I shared with you, with this with you before. I'm not there yet. I was, you know, that was one of my, when I went on vacation to Yellowstone this year, and that park ranger yelled at me for standing too close to an elk. <laughs> I cried and cried and cried and cried. And part of the reason I was crying is because, you know, I was actually wrong. I actually did something wrong. If I hadn't done anything wrong, I'd have just been mad at him. But I realized that I had forgotten what the rules were about how close you could get. And I was probably, oh, if Nancy was the elk, I was probably here, which is not real close, but it's not 25 yards, which is what it's supposed to be. And I just forgot. I was entranced by Nancy the elk. <laughs> And this park ranger drove up and, and was like, move away from the elk, move away from the elk. And I was like, are they, they they're talking to that guy because that guy's really close to her. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> it's like, I mean you in the blue jacket. <laughs> I was like, really pointed out. I cried and cried and I told Bob when I couldn't stop crying, it's like, Part of this is the frustration of, okay, I did something wrong. Why can't I immediately forgive myself for having done something that really was not right, that really could have been harmful to this animal? Um, I asked myself that question, and I didn't have an answer. I only knew, okay, obviously this is something I'm still working on because I'm not there yet. I'm not there. I don't like to be wrong. I don't like to be wrong. And so I consider it a spiritual practice these days when I am wrong to say, I am wrong. I was wrong about that. I was completely wrong about that. If an apology is necessary, I can apologize. But it's important for me to actually say the words, I was wrong, because for many years I thought being wrong meant being bad. And I know now that being wrong means being mistaken and you get another chance. 
always the infinite second chance is what spirit gives us. So embracing, another way to love ourselves is to embrace our interconnectedness. When you see beauty in the world, when you notice an intelligent person, when you engage in conversation, you can realize that this is a celebration not of just the other person, but of you, of yourself. It takes intelligence to see intelligence. It takes a beautiful open heart to see beauty. And since we are all one, we even get to claim it as our own. Isn't that beautiful? Yes, thank you, I know. Right? You actually can sort of take some credit, not ego credit like I made the sunrise this morning because obviously I didn't, but I am part of this glorious sunrise. That's part of who I am. I was created that way. Everyone is part of this glorious sunrise today. Everyone. And being able to see that, to embrace that interconnectedness at any moment, that is a way to have self-love. Another way to have self-love is to be able to say no. Mm. I think I was taught, much as Reverend Cynthia James, you cannot say no to another person. They're asking you to do something, you better just do it. If you're too tired, too exhausted, or don't know how to do it, dig deep and fake your way through until you're, until you're even more exhausted. That was what I thought was true, and that's what I did with people in my life. Acting like a very loving person, look what I'm doing for you. And it did look loving, but inside I was also going, look how I'm loving you, you better be there for me. <laughs> that's a bargain, right? but the other person didn't sign the agreement, so it's an agreement just with myself that involves what other people have to do. And so I was constantly being let down, and when I was let down, then I'd abandon me. Look what I did for them. They didn't do the same for me. I must not be worthy. See how this just gets into it? So what I'm learning to do is to look and go, wait a minute, what is my gut saying? <laughs> Because if I let my head overrule my gut, it's usually not a very good thing. Listening to my intuition, listening to your intuition is a beautiful way to love yourself, to pay attention to what your gut says. When your gut says no and your mouth says yes, you have set yourself up for exhaustion, disappointment, fear, all kinds of stuff that you really don't want any part of. We don't want to let other people down. Well, to say yes and then not be able to fulfill it is letting people down. To say no is simply setting a boundary. I'm not letting somebody down if I say no. They may think I am, but that doesn't matter. If I know that my no comes from a real place of self-care, because the truth is, as cliche as it is, you got to put your own mask on first. If you exhaust yourself and end up ill, you can't do anything for anybody anymore. Or if you exhaust yourself into a deep depression, you are no good to yourself or anybody else. And I'm not talking about no good as in your intrinsic value, you're always good, but no good as in you can't do things for people. 
If you do too many things for people, you lose your ability to do things for people. Does that make sense? So having boundaries that are non-negotiable. You know, some boundaries are negotiable. Okay, I usually don't let people in, but I've learned to trust you. I'm going to let you in a little further than I let other people. That's okay. Boundaries are movable. They're negotiable. But there are some boundaries that are non-negotiable. My body belongs to me, and you don't get to use it in any way that I say you don't. That's a non-negotiable boundary. How many of you were taught that non-negotiable boundary when you were children? Good, because I wasn't taught that. I wasn't taught that. I was taught don't make a scene. Respect your elders. Go ahead and kiss your uncle. I know he's gross, but he's your family. And got put into some situations that were not good for me. Because I didn't know how to say no. No is one of the most delightful things you can do for yourself and to help teach other people that they have this autonomy, this ability to say, no, thank you for the offer, but I'm not doing that today. Or no, you are not allowed to do that to me. Or no, I'm really tired. Maybe next time, ask me again. Or no, that's completely out of my value system. It will never happen. Leave me alone. All of those are reasonable and loving no's. Do you know that when you love someone enough to say, this is how far you can go, you save them from themselves? The Dalai Lama talked about that as we were talking about joy, that it's not when you refuse to let someone be unkind to you or harm you, you are protecting yourself, but you are also keeping them from doing harm. And when they do harm, that's karma on them. So we hold each other to a higher standard when we decide to stick up for our own boundaries. Hmm. Walking away from situations and people who do not respect you, who do not respect your boundaries, who do not respect your values, is a way of loving yourself. It took a lot of self-love for me to leave my first husband. I was with him for, gosh, nine years altogether. And... Um, a lot of the time I was being treated in a way that no one should be treated. But I felt like, well, I have to, I'm going to make this work. I have to fix it. It's my fault. Um, he says he loves me, so he must actually love me because he says the words. He didn't even say the words that much. But these are the things that I was convincing myself of. And the most loving thing I ever did for me and for my baby daughter at the time was to say, I will not live this way anymore and I will not allow her to be exposed to this environment. And, and I walked away, and that was love. It was love for me, but it was also love for him. He didn't need to be in a relationship with someone who would allow him to treat her the way I allowed him to treat me. He didn't need that either. And there's where I, this, I love this phrase, there is no private good if you are truly doing what is good for you, honoring your values, honoring the love that you are, you will not do harm to another person. 
Even if they say, that's not what I wanted, not what I wanted is not the same as not good for me, right? <laughs> that's way not the same, because what I want is a donut. I absolutely know there's no tr nutritional value in one of those, okay? So what I want is not always what I need. There is no private good, so I do good for myself, and that is good for everyone. I look at obstacles as an opportunity to grow. It doesn't mean I was like, oh, I'm so glad that happened. Thank God for that tsunami. No, you don't got to do that. But you do have to say, okay, I was in a tsunami. What can I, besides whining and feeling sorry for myself, what can I learn from it? How can I grow from this? Who else can I help from having been through this situation? And when I say tsunami, I don't necessarily mean a giant wave that knocks you over. I mean giant waves of whatever it is in life that try to knock you over or that do knock you over. We look at things as an opportunity to grow. And one of the ways that we do that is to just invite spirit in. Number one way I can love myself, if I'm confused, if I don't know whether I have a yes or a no, if I don't know where my boundary is, if I don't remember what my values are, I can invite spirit in. God, be with me. Make, help me make this decision. And I'm calling on that wisdom within, my higher, within myself, that higher self, that higher self that is the connection to God and love and all that is. When I start trying to figure it out in my ego, I'm going to end up drilling a hole <laughs> that'll be hard to get out of. But when I say, wait a minute, I'm not alone. God is with me. Spirit is with me. I am with me. The best part of me is standing with me as me right now, not allowing that part of me that feels less than, that part of me that feels downtrodden, that part of me that um, is still trying to figure it out with my little old brain, not allowing that part of me to have dominion over me. I am allowing the part of me that has wisdom and that knows deeply what my values are and that feels itself and knows itself to the core to be the leader. That's probably the best way I can love myself. And when I do that, then I begin to bring an authentic voice to whatever situation or conversation I'm in. A way to, not, to, to love yourself is to not hide anymore. Not physically hide, not hide the truth of who you are, not hide yourself, but be authentic. It's amazing how people really respond to authenticity. We, ha we tend to think that we need to put our best foot forward or people won't like us. And the truth is, if they're going to get to know us very well at all, <laughs> they're going to see that that was our best foot and we don't have another foot that looks anywhere near that good. <laughs> so we become authentic. I'm going to share a story on my daughter. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh no, what is this? A few years ago, she was doing some, she, she signed up for an internet dating site. And what she did on her profile was she posted her worst picture and she listed all her faults. 
<laughs> right up front. I was like, that is so not what I would do. I would, do, I would go with a glamour shot, you know, <laughs> and say, oh, these are the lovely, beautiful, peace on earth things about me. And <clears throat> she, but her, she was like, well, it, they're going to find it out sooner or later. They might as well know up front. And if they can't deal with it, then they're not for me. I thought that was so awesome. She was my hero at that moment. Not that she didn't love herself, but she knew who she was and she wasn't apologizing for it and she wasn't trying to hide it. There's beauty in that. Bringing your authentic voice and then honoring all other people's authentic voices. Because as soon as we start to judge other people, oh, I wouldn't have shown that if I was her then we are also putting constriction inside ourselves. Well, I better not show that when that's me that feels that, says that, thinks that. There's no way we can judge another without also putting the judgment on ourselves. There's no way we can judge ourselves without also putting that judgment on another. And so authenticity becomes a beautiful, perfect best way to love ourselves. Self-care is the constant practice of not letting more pain accumulate. This is Susan Raffo. It is about continually remembering that our lives are of value. It is the active process of settling our nervous systems so that we have more access to the present moment. So being present, wherever you are, whatever is going on, being with yourself is a beautiful way to love yourself. That's called not jumping ship, not abandoning you, not retreating into a, fancy, uh, into a fantasy world or hiding the truth, but simply being present is a beautiful way to love yourself. And here's the thing, when you hide from pain, the pain doesn't go away. It just gets tucked into the closet along with the rest of the pain. One of these days, that closet door is just not going to stay closed anymore. <laughs> You're going to slam it closed, and it's going to wide open and everything fall out. So we cannot keep ourselves from pain in this life. The Buddha said that life is suffering. I would rather say that in life you have suffering. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. But we get to choose whether we hold on to that pain, whether we keep it, whether we stow it away, and treasure it, sit on it, stuff it into our cushions, or whether we allow ourselves to experience it and release it. We get to decide whether we're going to allow ourselves to accumulate more pain, because when we run away, the pain is always there when we come back, and it grows and grows and grows. But when we say, ah, this is painful, oh, I don't like this, I don't like this. It's kind of my crying and crying when the park ranger pointed out to me publicly that I was wrong, that I did something wrong. I had a choice to go, well, that guy's just a jerk. How dare he talk to me that way? That would be me being inauthentic and hiding from my own pain. But instead I cried and went, wow. This affected me deeply. I need to look at that. What is it still within me that one authority figure says I did something wrong and I just lose it altogether? 
And I can't promise that I've worked through that, but I've been able to be present for it. I don't run away. That's a way of not running away. It's a way of not abandoning ourselves. Love liberates. Love liberates. If you want to feel free, love yourself. And I'm going to close with these words, a small poem by Cynthia James, whom I read from before. When you feel afraid, love yourself more. When you feel lost, love yourself more. When you feel lonely, love yourself more. When you feel unsure, love yourself more. When people don't understand you, love yourself more. When you feel judged or unseen, love yourself more. And when you are nervous about leaping forward, love yourself more. Thank you. So we're just going to have a, um, a short meditation just to get us into the spirit of our recommitment ceremony. This is something we do every year, usually the second Sunday of February near Valentine's Day. And we recommit not to our, just to a partner, although we can do that, we recommit ourselves to our relationship with self, to our relationship with spirit, to our relationship with everyone in our lives. So let's just take a moment first and take a very deep breath and let it go. Take this time to just be in your body Do a little scan. How does it feel? As I breathe, how does the top of my head feel? Can I relax my eyes, my jaw, my neck, my shoulders, my arms and hands? Do I feel the breath coming in and out of my chest and abdomen? How do I feel where I'm sitting? How does my back feel? How do my sitting bones feel? And my legs, knees, calves, feet. As we sit in this silence and simply be in our bodies for a moment, I invite you as you scan your body if there is a place that is in pain or something that feels stuck, simply send it this message Oh, I care. I care. I care.
as you express this care, this concern for yourself. See if that allows anything to shift. something to be solved but I care I care that that's where I am today and I allow the truth of it to live through me but not become my only truth or my whole truth it is part of me I allow it to be. Which means allowing myself to be just as I am. Not trying to change. Not trying to hide. Not trying to stop. So in these moments... See if you can send enough care to yourself, mentally, emotionally, physically, to allow yourself to feel safe just being who you are, where you are, as you are. this perfect imperfection. Where we make a space for ourselves to be. As I feel my body settling into this safe space, simply remind myself that this safe space is waiting for me at any time that I choose it. I invite you to gently open your eyes, but try to keep your body in that same state. state of calm, as Susan Raffo said, continually remembering our lives of, are of value and actively settling our ner nervous systems. Actively settling our nervous systems. And now I invite you all to join me in this commitment, this ceremony of recommitment. And as we take this time to recommit to love in our lives, we become willing to extend ourselves beyond any complacency, to be conscious and intentional with our love. We open our hearts to larger possibilities and live more freely, more fully, love more openly, express greater joy, and experience true peace.
And so we begin by recommitting to self, the relationship that many of us are most likely to neglect. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to say these words of recommitment and have you repeat them with me a phrase at a time. So first, beloved self, and then say your name. Beloved self, Melinda. You are the form I took on at birth. You are the form. And the eternal spirit before, after, and beyond form. You don't have to repeat this next. Sometimes I forget how precious is my spirit and my body. I forget my own worthiness. I neglect to extend myself for my own growth and good. And so today I remember, I recognize that I am a treasure, whole, beloved, and deserving of all good. Breathe that in. I am consistently kind to myself, and I allow the wholeness of spirit to shine in, through, and as me. And then repeat after me. I choose myself together. I choose myself. I recommit to loving me. Now we take a moment to seal that within ourselves. Commitment. Staying with ourselves. And from that place of self-love, then we have beauty to give to relationship. And whether that is a significant other, a love partner, a family member, a friend, a community. We live in relationship. So we commit, we recommit now to another person, family member, spouse, friend, anyone <clears throat> with whom we wish to renew and deepen our connection. And so say with me, Beloved one, and then the name of your beloved. Beloved one. I chose you. I saw your true beauty and discovered my own beauty in your presence. To you I give and receive love and support and intimacy. Sometimes I forget who you are and who I want to be in your presence. Sometimes I fail to appreciate the priceless value of our connection. Today, I rededicate myself to this relationship, to fully loving you and accepting love from you. I am here to remember and to remind you of who you are, whole, complete, beautiful. And then repeat with me, say the name of the person that you love, person or whoever, and then the words, I choose you. Together, Bob, I choose you. I recommit myself to loving you. Together, I recommit myself to loving you. 
and then we reconnect to spirit. Beloved spirit, you are love, my source and substance. I am born of you, and you are all of me. We live and move and have our being in oneness and perfection beyond any thought of separation. Sometimes I forget this truth and try to move through this world as if I were incomplete or broken, as if I were all alone, and it causes me pain. So today I dedicate myself to remembering who I really am. I am one, and in that oneness, I am loving, powerful, worthy, and never alone. I give my full consent to the movement of spirit in me, through me, as me. Repeat with me, I choose spirit. Together, I choose spirit. I recommit myself to love. I Let's take a moment to allow that to settle in. Knowing that this recommitment is really a remembering. We forget. And then we take time to remember. And so we are grateful that this rededication has taken place in our hearts, in this room, in this world in spirit and in truth. And so it is. Amen.